This is episode 491 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. Today's article, Selco on Gun Confiscation. Here's how it might actually go down. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version, with some commentary, of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey everyone, this episode is sponsored by Audible. Now, Audible books allow you to listen to the best books when you are on the go. I love to listen to podcasts and audiobooks while I stay busy doing other things. And just like my podcast app, Audible's app makes it easy to manage your audiobooks and pick up where you left off. Now, right now, they are offering five free audiobook downloads when you join Audible for a trial period. That is an awesome deal. So if you've been on the sideline, don't delay and take advantage of this offer. You might even want to see if your favorite apocalyptic fictional author has a new book out. So for more information, click on the link in the show notes or go to theprepperwebsitepodcast.com forward slash audible. And guys, I just finished uh, my audio book that I've been listening to. And so, yeah, I'm probably downloading Mark Goodwin's new uh, audio book. Uh, it's a cyber thriller, apocalyptic. And so uh, apocalyptic fictional, uh, you know, sometimes there's so many different words to, uh, to describe it. But anyway, so I am going to be downloading that one and probably getting into that one pretty soon and also catching up on some of the other podcasts that I haven't been listening to. Hey, I also want to say I do appreciate those of you that use the Amazon link uh, that you can find all over the different websites, you know, the Prepper Website Podcast and Prepper Website and Ed That Matters, that uh, you use those links to go to Amazon and purchase and all those little purchases that that are, are made. We get a small percentage and all of them add up. And so I greatly, greatly appreciate that. All right, so this article comes to us from theorganicprepper.com. And this is another Selco article. It's entitled... Selco on gun confiscation. Here's how it might actually go down. So uh, I know that in, a, in the past, every time something is mentioned in the news media, people can start to take that and run with it. And, uh, you know, Selco talks a little bit about that. Now, keep in mind, he's coming from a different perspective than what most of us experience here and the laws where he lives and what you know they they had available to them very different than what we experience here in the United States. So uh, take that into account as we're reading this. This is one person's opinion. I know you might have a serious opinion on this. And like always, you're welcome to come over to episode 491 and drop it in the comment section. I'd love to share that out with uh, the podcast community later on. But uh, with no further ado, let's go ahead and jump into this article. After reading a couple of articles about magazine weapons news from New Jersey, actually after reading a lot of comments from people on, the, on that news, I have the urge to write this article. It is written from the survivalist point of view. There is, of course, the possible danger to get comments like, What the hell do you know, Selko? You are not an American. Shut up. Because I am going to be poking a few sacred cows here. So, right now, this is not the rise of communism. I do not think that all news is about the rise of communism in the U.S. And also, I do think that you still live in a land with a lot of great rights and liberties, which is very cool. 
What is not cool is the fact that you are moving in the direction of slowly shrinking of those rights. But it is still very far away from a communistic evil empire. So I do not see sense in having big headlines about Nazis and such other than scaring people for whatever reason. And guys, I forgot to say, you know, Selko writes, he's writing English and he's, you know, from another country. So when I write or when I read his articles, I try to read it exactly the way that they are written just to kind of keep that, that, that idea there. All right. So let me go ahead and continue on here. The weapon rights and the government or weapon rights and the government. I see here something which is much more dangerous than the fear of communism. It is how people react to news or new laws about any weapon limitations. It's how they talk about what the majority of them are planning to do. Government, at its core, has the urge to control people in whatever way they can. If you are more armed, that means you are less controllable. But if you are acting in a way that you are screaming from the rooftops how you will defend your rights to have whatever weapon, contrary to the newest law, and how you'll be proud to own whatever and to show it, you eventually are not doing yourself any favors. Do you really think that when the time comes that the government will send two pale clerks to search your home looking for whatever weapon? Nope. So here's how confiscation might actually go down. This is one possible scenario. First, you'll be labeled as a terrorist, some weird guy who wants to overthrow the government. Maybe your photo will be posted somewhere stating that you are very sick and that you pose a danger to society. If you are a member of some group, let's say a prepper group, you all will be labeled as terrorists first and through the media, you can be portrayed as a domestic terror cell to the point that your next door neighbor will help police to get you. Do not underestimate the power of the government machine. You may truly be a fighter for constitutional rights and a real patriot, but in three days, you can become a crazy terrorist that citizens will actually hunt down and shoot like a mad dog. The point here is there is no point of publicly yelling about what you own and what are your rights to own. Guys, let me say that again. The point here is there is no point of publicly yelling about what you own and what are your rights to own. Of course, you need to own weapons that you think make sense to own. But why does everybody else need to know that, including government and government services? Now, the Second Amendment is very cool, and I like it very much. But here's the ugly truth. It works only if the government wants it to work. One day, when the government does not want it to work anymore, it will be out of order, illegal, or even terrorist to practice it. Sorry, it is not your inalienable right. The government lets you think it is your inalienable right. Actually, you do need to protect that right. You need to defend it. But again, not in a way that you're going to betray yourself as a terrorist. I mean, I will own what I want to own and only I am going to know that until the day when I need it very badly. There used to be a law about weapons here where I live before the war. And yes, you could own a weapon, but it was such a hard law that actually not too many people owned legal weapons. And right when the SHTF, first thing that happened was the confiscation of legal weapons based on lists of who owned the legal weapons. Now, what people could do then was to say, this is my legal weapon. I have a right to own it by the law. And those who did that usually got shot. 
There were 20 heavily armed guys at your door asking nicely for your weapons to be turned over to them in the name of law as an effort of a government that wanted to calm down a chaotic situation. Sometimes, if you said no, those guys would simply destroy the whole house with RPGs and bombs. And guess what that meant? Folks who owned legal weapons lost them even before the big SHTF. And a lot of guys who owned them in an illegal way, hidden somewhere, still owned them when the SHTF. Illegal and legal have different meanings in different times and based on who says those words, so think about it. I am not saying that it will go like that there where you are. What I do say is that you need to think a bit outside of the box when it comes to owning things. For many years, I found it ridiculous not to have an illegal or not traceable weapon stored somewhere safe for the bad times. When SHTF and when or if guys show up on my doorstep to confiscate my weapons, what will I do? I will give them the weapons that they know about. What else should I do? Practice my rights? Nope. I have more of that stuff. It's not worth it to fight over the what they only know about. Again, I do not really see the government taking away all rights of owning a weapon as a possibility there. The tradition of firearms is simply way too big, and also the number of weapons is too big too. But what is possible is the rapid shrinking of the right through some big event in an effort of getting things back to normal. When something big happens and there is big fear and terror, people are ready to give away a lot of rights and liberties in exchange for the feeling of safety and security. This is wrong, of course, but it is how things work. So actually, you never know. Anything is possible. One bad side of having rights and freedoms for a long time in owning weapons is thinking it is always going to be like that, or thinking it must be like that. The good side of not having good gun rights is having a tradition of always having hidden somewhere an illegal weapon. Always and only you know about it and maybe your family. There is no need to brag about that anywhere else. All right, guys, so a lot of uh, interesting things here. You know, he is right about just the overall, the tradition is like, hey, when you, you know, you start talking about gun rights and all that kind of stuff, the thing is, is that when that, when that starts up, it starts off small and it starts off on the edge and it's like, well, we really don't need these big, big guns. You really don't need bump stocks. You really don't need blah, 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 and, and all that kind of stuff. And then the, the thing that I always think about is that slippery slope that it just starts going downhill. And, and once they make one little move, then they're able to make another move. And, and they're able to continue going until they have exactly what they, they want to have. Now, when with the like the NRA and and I got to tell you the NRA gets on my nerves with emails that they send and stuff like that. I mean everything is a crisis and I think when you do that, you know that that tends to make people uh, you know not want to to listen to what you have to say. One of the reasons why I joined the NRA was just because there was so much negativity about it and uh, people were you know I think they were getting deplatformed off of. Uh, of Facebook or whatever. I, I can't remember exactly what it was now. It's been, it seems like it's been so long ago, but the emails are just unsufferable sometimes. It's like, man, are you kidding me? Like, this is this big, 
thing that, that is going and we got to fight for our rights and then they want to renew, you know, you, you sign up and then they want you to renew within 11 months, you know, it's like you had it for a month, your membership now renew for next year. Like, come on. But anyway, you know, I'm just kind of going off on that tangent there. But, you know, the NRA does fight for those rights. It does let you, you know, they do let you know when things like that are going on. And, and you hear about all those things. And, and so there is that tradition. People will start talking about it. If you be, belong to certain groups on Facebook, that information is going to come up and you're going to be aware of those different types of things. And then, of course, there's the backlash. You hear people talking back and forth and politicians and blah, 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 and all that kind of stuff, right? My thing is, I don't, that one of the ways that I saw that they were trying to curve the you know the guns and the, and the and what was out there was dealing with the firearms so or at least with the ammo I'm sorry so one of the things that they passed a couple of years back was just extra taxes on ammunition and so that was going to be a problem because you know people that uh, businesses that sold ammunition it was just it wasn't worth it for them to stay in business anymore so they were going to fold up and so what you would have is only people that were making, you know, that they were uh, reloading and, and things like that. So that's what you would have out there on the market. And some of those are good and some of those aren't aren't as good, you know, and some of them can be dangerous depending on who's making them. So that was one way. Another way is, you know, with the capacity with the magazines, right? It's like, okay, you can only have a magazine that can hold seven, seven rounds, I mean, that kind of defeats the purpose of having that, that firearm, you know, if it is, if it's like an AR or whatever, whatever it might be is anything that has, you know, be able to, to hold a high capacity or even a semi-automatic firearm is like, you can only, you know, you can, you can only have seven rounds in there. It's like, what the heck, you know? And so that was one of the ways that, that they do it. It's almost like you want to be on the lookout for the roundabout way that they can do it. It's like you have the frontal assault. Hey, we need to have firearms, you know, new firearm laws. And then you have the things that are kind of like backdoor. Like, hey, we're going to tax, uh, you know, ammo companies, you know, to the hilt to where they want to shut down because it's not worth it for them. Or we're going to tax, uh, you know, companies that make firearms and we're going to make it really, really hard for them. And so, you know, you, you have that, or we're going to uh, pass a law that you can't have a certain capacity magazine and you have that. The thing is, is that there are so many times where someone with a firearm was able to stop someone that was about to do something bad. And the thing is, is that when you get rid of firearms, it's not going to guarantee that all the bad stuff go. I mean, you look at some of the things that, that happens, you know, in, like in Israel, you know, you have knife attacks or even in in Europe, you have the knife attacks, right? You have those and and people start slashing and killing and and doing it and people freeze. I mean, we've been talking about that. It seems like the last couple of weeks, people in a terror situation or in a in a high stress situation, they tend to freeze. And so if you have a knife, you can do so a lot of damage. Right. But someone with a firearm could have stopped that person really, really quick if they had that on them and they were able to carry. And so you have, and people are going to find ways to hurt people regardless. And so, but when you are armed and you are ready to defend yourself, then that type that tends to make everyone else like, Hey, wait a minute, I, I can do this, but someone's going to, has the possibility of getting back to me or hurting me before I even do any damage. And so that keeps everything kind of at this balance. So I really like what he said about, 
the the hidden firearms, right? That, that was something that I heard uh, a while back when uh, I heard a couple of people talking about firearms. And, and one person was saying, I, I have my firearms that there's paperwork on and I have firearms that there's not paperwork on. And so, you know, it has that mindset there is if there was any kind of gun confiscation or if there was anything where firearms were taken away, fine, here, here, there's no fight. I'm not putting up a fight. Here you go. This is what I own. But then there, there's others stashed away somewhere, right? And so I think a lot of people have that. The other thing, and that's what that statement that I read over, you know, I read twice was that publicly yelling I don't think it's smart that you would start talking about firearms on social media. I don't think it's smart to show pictures of yourself on social media. That's not, I, I just, that is just my own personal thing. You can do whatever you want, but there are people that are just throwing up all kinds of pictures. And I'm like, do you really want that up there? Do you really want to say that publicly? Do you really want to broadcast that to not only to your friends list, but to everybody else and all the data that they're pulling off of social media? I don't think you want to do that, you know, so you got to be smart about that. So anyway, those are just my two cents there. And that's Selko's uh, two cents. Uh, if you, you know, you have some ideas and you have some things you want to share, come on over to episode 491 and leave a comment in the comment section uh, publicly. Uh, come on over to episode 491 and I will happily share that out on a future podcast episode. Well, guys, that is it. Remember, like always, I'm going to link to this article in the show notes and you can easily click on over there and uh, read this article again if it's something that you want to check out. All right. Well, that is it for episode 491. Hey, don't forget to subscribe to the show. Head on over to theprepperwebsitepodcast.com. And that way you never miss another episode of Sweet Prepper Goodness. And take a moment to connect with me. I have a ton of ways to connect in the show notes. And with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until tomorrow, stay prepped and aware. Peace.